Good morning, everyone. It is a good day. It's a good day for us to be together. It is good because we come together and we recognize that everything in this world is not necessarily good, but we can say good morning because we're together, but also because we know that there is a place that awaits us where all will be good. It's hard to imagine such a place, but there is a place. On that day of the resurrection, those who belong to Christ will be changed into a spiritual body that is fit, ready, prepared for heaven. The question comes then, well, what will heaven be like? So we've been talking about the resurrection, and the next thought then is, all right, well, what's heaven going to be like? We begin with John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus says here, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So notice here, there is a place when Jesus ascended into the clouds, as you read in Acts chapter 1, he went to heaven. He reigns at the right hand of God, but he also made it clear that he went to prepare a place for us. A place where the Father is at. A place beyond the This earth, the place beyond the skies, the place beyond the very heavens, the entire universe, there is something beyond. And Jesus went there. And for all who are in Christ, there is a place that is waiting for us. And Jesus promises, I'm going to come. I'll be back to get you to take you home. Are there any more comforting words that we need today? As we glance through uh, the, the bulletin and look at our long prayer list, as we think about that the shape the world is in, we realize that everything in this life is not good, but there is a place where we shall go that has been prepared for us, that is our eternal home. And Jesus is going to take us with Him, with the Father The place is called heaven. Don't you want to go there? In heaven we will be with the saved. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 and 18. These are verses we read last week as we were talking about the resurrection day. And I want to point out something from this once again, just as we did last week, that we are going to be with the saved. We are going to be with God's people 
for all eternity. And that should comfort us. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. There's a togetherness there that is emphasized. Not only are we going to be with Christ, we're going to be with all of the saved. All, uh, so many of our loved ones who have gone on before us. Ones we have known in this life. Ones we will get to know that we have read so much about. We'll be with all of the saved in heaven. That's the eternal kingdom of God. We shall be there with Christ and with all the saved forever in a place that is prepared for us. And this place is paradise. Here's one word that's used to describe heaven. Uh, Luke 23, verse 43. Uh, in that passage, uh, you can turn there if you like, but that's where the thief on the cross, Jesus said to him, Truly I, I say unto you, you'll be with me today in paradise. Perhaps a waiting place before that final resurrection day. Uh, but I think fitting a fitting term, that term paradise is for heaven as well. Definitely. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, we're going to be a spiritual body. I... Is there going to be some kind of physical component? Will we still have to eat? I guarantee you there's one thing we're going to have to eat from, and that is the tree of life. And if we no longer have our sense of taste, uh, it's hard to imagine, but if it's not a sense of taste, it's going to be something better than the sense of taste. All the wonderful things that we experience in this life, whether it's eating or, or seeing a sunrise or hearing uh, the voice of a, of a child or one that we love, all of the wonderful things we experience here. It's going to be better there. That's why it's called paradise. It's going to be a joy. What a wonderful and glorious place it will be. And it is for us. Our citizenship is there in heaven. Look at Philippians Chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. It says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. So again, here is another passage that is this eager waiting for the day of Christ. We, we read in our scriptures about the day Jesus went to heaven, and we heard him say, I'm going to come back for you. 
I'm going to prepare a place, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come for you, that you, where I am there you may be also. So he is going to come back for us. He wants us with him. We eagerly await that day because he's going to take us to the place where we belong. So we have this idea and this picture that this life, that we are in here, this life that is on our minds constantly, and we're thinking about this and that. We wake up in the morning and all of a sudden we're thinking about, oh, all of this and that through the day. And we get going to our work and our schools and we're dealing with people here and there. And we're battling traffic and we're battling illnesses and sicknesses and all of these things that life entails. we got to go to work to make the dollars so that we can take care of our families and Every, everything about this life that can just consume our minds, Jesus reminds us that this stuff that we're thinking about constantly, this is not where our mind should be. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we're just thinking about the day that we get to go there. The day that we get to go be with Christ. The day that He changes us into our heavenly body and we get to go be with Him. That's what we're here for we're just here in this life for a moment life is a vapor and then we get to be transferred to our heavenly paradise and if you haven't figured this out already the next statement is very true Uh, we'll be turning to hebrews chapter 11 to uh to learn and discover that heaven is better than this life It's better than the things that are here on this earth. Hebrews chapter 11, verse verse number 13 is where we'll begin. I was talking about these wonderful people of faith. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them from having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. So in other words, they realize this earth isn't where they belong. There's another place that is more important. Verse 14, for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they had went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So these people that are being spoken of here are people who had died longing for a heavenly place, a heavenly home, a heavenly city, a heavenly country. They knew that this life isn't it, but there's something beyond that is better by far. And notice that in verse number 16, they desire a better country, a heavenly one. Now this one, I want to pause and just uh, think about this for a second. 
Because there are other places, and we're going to keep reading on where there are descriptions of heaven, but we get into this mindset of really what will heaven be? Okay, it's going to be better, Eric. Tell me what it is that's going to be better. What's going to be there? This describes it as a country and as a city. Jesus spoke about having rooms prepared in the Father's house. What will it be like? Well, I know that if uh, artists or anybody else, and maybe in your mind when you start thinking of heaven, you might start thinking of angels and us gathered with the angels and singing and, you know, things made out of gold and shiny stuff and a crystal sea that's there, a throne and probably maybe an old man on the throne or something. I, I don't know what all you picture because all those things, they, they come forth from Scripture. We're going to read some of those things in a minute. Uh, but I know when I was a teenager, I, kind of, I started thinking, well, we are, we're going to be doing stuff in heaven. Um, maybe I was influenced by a sermon about heaven to think about, well, what is heaven? Do I really want to go there? And the joy that's going to be in heaven, I know that it's going to be there. And I, I really think that the greatest joys that we've had in this life, when we get to heaven, those joys are going to be surpassed by far. So what are we going to be doing? And when I was in high school or coming out of high school, I, I started thinking, well, when I get to heaven... I want to water ski like all the time and never get tired. <laughs> I loved water skiing. The weekends were spent at the lake and I'd get to go water skiing. It was a wonderful joy and privilege. It was just, it was just good stuff. I remember when I went to college that, that fall my freshman year, I missed home uh, so much. I was homesick because I wanted to water ski. Isn't that sad? <laughs> Don't tell my mom I said that, okay? Um, I'm sure I missed her too. There was more. There was more homesickness than just water skiing. But I do remember that. So that's how strong. That's how much I love. And I, I just thought, boy, it would be great to get to heaven. Maybe we'll get a water ski up there. Maybe it'll be just water skiing all day long. Maybe then I'll get to go snow skiing on the same day. You know. Now, as I get older and mature, a little bit, I hope. I really don't have a problem with thinking that maybe you could go water skiing in, in heaven. But I get this picture that it's something different and something more. And it's something better. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing, but it's going to be good. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. And the primary reason it's so wonderful is because I'll be together with all of God's people. I will be to, there with God, with Jesus, this with Him. And He is the one who is the way, the truth. He is the life. We'll have life full in Him. And I just think that my wildest imagination of... Uh, you know, anything that I've experienced in this life that is good and enjoyable and that I like to do over and over again, I think somehow in heaven, th these good things here are just a glimpse, just a little taste of the glory that we will experience. 
in our eternal heavenly kingdom there with the Father and the Son and the Spirit, with nothing bad. Yet this life itself here on this earth, if you could take away all sin and everything bad that happens and the, the flu that gets us and the hospital visits and all, if you could take away all of the junk, this life would be pretty good. You could get rid of angry people. And if we could get rid of all the dumb things and junk in ourselves that, that pour out of us sometimes, you get rid of all, all things bad, man, I could, I could handle living forever here probably. It wouldn't be, it would be good, good, good. But heaven will be better. Verse 16, but as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Heaven will be wonderful. Heaven is going to be beautiful. When we go through this life and have good experiences here, some of us uh, might, uh, it might be difficult even thinking of some good experiences because we've had so many difficult ones. It's easy to remember the difficult times. But if you think of the best, most wonderful bit of something that you've enjoyed in this life, just multiply it by 10,000. And that's what is ready for you, awaiting in heaven. The eternal kingdom of God. Jesus He's either got it ready for us already, he's built those rooms, those mansions, or else he's finishing it up. Be ready for that day when you are called home to him. The next point is from Philippians chapter 1, verse number 21. Here Paul writes, and he says, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose, but I am hard-pressed from both directions. Having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And here's Paul talking just as if he's thinking right now, all right, whatever I decide, that's what the Lord's going to do. You know, am I going to live, continue in this life, or am I going to die and go home to be with Jesus? He's like, I know which one's better. I know which one is better by far, and that is to be with Christ. But yet... I know I've got to remain here and continue with you all for your joy and progress in the faith. Verse 25. So, his point though, is the best thing about heaven. It's just this idea of being with God. Being able to see his face. To be in his presence. I look forward to being there with you all someday. I think we'll be able to recognize each other, tell stories, and discuss things. I don't know for sure what all it's all going to be like. 
but I know that the greatest thing is going to be able to be with Christ. That is very much better, better by far than anything that could possibly be, to know Christ, to be with him. That is the best thing. Um, you know the apostles would have wanted that. They walked around with him for three years, loved him, served him. One fell away, the son of perdition. But those other 11, you know they longed for the day that they could be with Christ again. And we, too, should long for that day to see Christ. The neat thing for the apostles is when they have gotten to see Jesus, they see him in a whole new light. Because for some, in some way, Jesus was in that flesh, but that was just merely a... He was stuck inside of a tent just like us. On the mountain, some of them got a better glimpse of Jesus when Jesus was transfigured and was shining. Then they started to get a little better glimpse of who Jesus really was. And on that final day, the resurrection day, they will get to see Jesus as he really is and get to be transformed into his likeness just like us. So the best thing is going to be with Jesus, get to see him for who he really is and all of us just experiencing that relationship with Jesus that will be everything to us. And it sounds strange even as I preach it. Relationship with one person, that, uh, this sounds boring. It will not be. We will spend all eternity, you'll never be bored. You'll never have to ask your parents what to do. You're not going to have to go find them and say, is there something, what else we got to do? I'm bored. Heaven will never be boring. Guarantee that. And next... Uh, here's one of the things I included in here to uh, help us think about the fact that heaven won't be boring. And that is that we will reign with Christ. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, verses 10 through 12. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it... Eternal glory. Sounds good. It is a trustworthy statement for if we died with him, we will also live with him. That sounds good. Living with him. Verse 12, if we endure, if we, endure we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So this idea of us going to heaven is that we will reign with him. We will be with him. We will be working. We will be reigning Somehow, some way, in that eternal kingdom of God. So it won't be born. We'll have responsibilities and things to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 16 through 18. And this is, uh, as we think a little bit about heaven and this wonderful place that awaits us, and we struggle through this life, that hope of heaven just pulls us and tugs at us and it helps us to get through each and every day. No matter how difficult it is, we will endure as Paul had written to Timothy just a moment ago that we read. 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18 Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day for momentary light Affliction. 
Now pause and just think about that. What you're going through, Paul says here, is momentary light affliction. And you're like, oh, that's not what it feels like. This is life and death stuff. We have somebody who's in the hospital getting checked out now, dealing with difficulties. Life is filled with things that are life and death. And Paul says, yeah, get you. He would, he was like, I, I got left for dead outside of the city one time. I understand what you're going through. I know it. And I'm calling it momentary and light affliction. Because it's momentary and light, momentary for sure, because we got heaven waiting for us, but it is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So here's this thought that, oh man, all this stuff that weighs us down and hurts us, it's a heavy, heavy weight. Okay, but the glory, the wonderful glory, and glory has to do with weight too. The glory of heaven is bigger, 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 bigger by far. It's beyond compare. It's a wonderful comparison. A little bit of struggle here in this life for a moment. Eternal wonders and beauty and glory and the goodness and presence of God forever. Again, take the best thing that you know in this life and multiply it by a thousand. Heaven will be worth it all. Revelation. Here's our classic verse to turn to and discuss. Heaven. Revelation 22. And this is, we're going to start in verse 20 and go, excuse me, I just looked at the wrong word, uh, Revelation 21, starting in verse 22. And, and this is a passage, uh, just an FYI here, that I've looked at before, and I'm like, yeah, but I think this kind of is describing the goodness of the church. I still think it is. I think the church is probably the best glimpse of the goodness of heaven that we can have. Um. But I think these are the things that are yet to come. So this has to be talking about heaven. Chapter 21, even at the end of chapter 20, those are, it's the judgment scene, the great and final judgment. That is at the end of time. And verse 20, chapter 21 starts talking about the new heaven, new earth, everything made better and new. Now go down to chapter 21, verses 22, and we're going to read into chapter 20, um, chapter 22. So, chapter 21, verse 22. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22. 
Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and its leaves, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and His bondservants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will have no need of the lamp, or of, of light, or a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, them and they will reign forever and ever. So a glorious picture of j- just some of the things, and before there was all the pictures of the uh, the streets of gold and all the beautiful gems that are all around, just trying to give words to something that can't be put into words. A place that is glorious and beautiful and where God lights it up. And we get to see Him and be with Him. Just as Jesus promised, He is going to take us home to heaven. It will be perfect. And jump to verse the very last verses of this, the book of Revelation, last verses of our Bible. Verses, verse 20 of chapter 22. It says, And he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Here's this readiness that, and an anxiousness, eagerly awaiting the day, the return of Christ. The one who wrote Revelation says, Come, Lord Jesus. We are ready. We want to go. We want to be with you forever. We're ready to leave this life with its worries and troubles, sorrows, pains, aches. We're ready to go to the eternal kingdom with God. Jumping to uh, 1 Corinthians, which is where this all really started from. In chapter 16. Verse number 22, it says, If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. Maranatha. That word Maranatha just simply means, O Lord, come. We're ready for that judgment day. Lord, come. We're ready to go home to be with you in heaven. We are ready. I don't preach on heaven a ton. There was a time that I thought, and maybe this was a criticism of denominations, that just kind of said, all right, you go through the motions. It just seemed like so many times religion just sends you through the motions. You get baptized, you take communion, and you kind of go to church and study every once in a while or and you don't do anything really bad and you're getting your ticket punched for heaven because that's what it's all about you're just going to heaven you become a christian so that you can go to heaven and heaven becomes the focus and you can see there's something lacking in that isn't there 
The point isn't just to kind of go somewhere and to kind of do some things in this life. We aren't just trying to use God so that we can have a a better, more pleasant eternity. But, heaven is what pulls us towards God. This thought of being there with God is what we should long for. It should, this is knowing that heaven is real, knowing there is going to be a resurrection, knowing we are going to have to answer to Jesus, and the choice is either heaven or hell. If you've been smart and you've studied and you've just figured it out that I think heaven's the better choice, then you make that decision, you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to love Jesus for what he's done for you and what he saved you from. And you're going to set your eyes on heaven because you long to be with him forever. And it's that hope and that longing for heaven is what gets us through these difficult days. If you're not having a difficult day now, then be ready because it will come. So I encourage you to long for heaven, to be ready for heaven. Right after, in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, this long chapter about the resurrection and what we will be, in verse 58, the last verse of of chapter 15, Paul writes, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Stick with Him. Keep going. Keep trudging through this life with the momentary, t- the what was it? The momentary light afflictions we face, and we think we can't do it. Stick with it. Be faithful to the end. Your toil's not in vain. He will reward you. He'll give you the crown of life. He'll take you home to be with Him forever. He has got a place prepared for you. So let it be the thought of heaven. Let it pull you through. Let that be what takes your your eyes off the temporary thing and you set your eyes on the eternal and you live and work for Jesus. Let it be what pulls you through. Don't let it just be, well, someday I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to kind of do some things so I can hopefully get there. No, look to heaven And be be determined that you're going to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Live for Him fully and completely here. And you will be rewarded with eternity in His presence. If anyone needs to give their life to Jesus today, to be immersed into Him so that you can live for Him now and for all eternity to be in his presence, if you need to act today, we encourage you to come to Jesus. Won't you respond, please, as we stand together and sing.